Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Audio Files podcast. I am your host, Quinn, and with me, as always, is my favorite dad, Griffin Holt. <laughs> I'm not even a dad. <laughs> a dog dad. Well, you're we a dad actually have a dad heart. with us today. Come on. No, I'm not the dad. Uh, today. Well, today is going to be a little bit different than what we've been doing. Uh, the second half of this episode is going to be dedicated to talking to our dear friend, Matt Celia. He is going to be here talking about some of his musical projects as well as um, some home recording stuff because he is an avid home recorder, has a home studio, just like our co-host Griffin. And uh, we're going to get a chance to talk to him about some of that stuff. I'm actually really stoked about this to have our first guest on the show. There's no one else that I would rather it be. Uh, the one and only... We- do metal dad <laughs> yes that's true He's right here i'm yeah, honored to be here <laughs> <laughs> uh before we get too far into that though we have to start off as always thanking yes. everyone for listening uh we've gotten some really really good feedback actually uh after the last episode in particular i think that more and more people are listening and that's great for us of course and thank so you thank you thank you very much we appreciate you we hear you we see you and it's been fun for me to have uh new people to interact with on social media that I otherwise wouldn't get a chance to talk to. So that is all lovely, lovely stuff. And we're going to jump right into what we've been listening to for the week. I have got a whole heck of a lot, so I am just going to go ahead and burn through it quickly. Okay, go ahead. Uh, So I have been listening to... Uh, I, I got in this big kick listening to like the entire Replacements discography, and I have no idea why. Uh, Yeah. But that was that took up a lot of time because I did not realize those guys were releasing like an album a year, pretty much all through the eighties. Oh yeah, and, extremely influential band. Yes, and, especially for a lot of emo stuff. Yeah, and but I so after listening to it uh, with older ears and more learned ears, I would like to think I have come to the conclusion that I pretty much only like like the back half of their discography. But please to meet me is still like the that pinnacle. That is the best. And, no God, fucking please. Such- that's really the only one I listen to is Please Yeah, it's so fucking good, man. I really love it. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of that, and there's actually a guy that I work with that's in a band that um, sort of takes a lot of influence from the replacements as well. So that kind of, I think, pushed me in that direction. So that, that's that been fun, because I haven't listened to that in years, probably. Well, um, my uh, small story with that band, uh, whenever it well, was 98 or whatever, so one of my favorite movies is Can't Hardly Wait. Yes. And during the credits of that movie is Can't Hardly Wait off that album. Which and that song is amazing. It's such a great fucking, that fucking, uh, is it, it's not saxophone, is it trumpet? What's it's, the it, point? Bro, l- let me tell you something. It's a ska instrument, so it's something. It's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that fucking song, I don't, did you ever see Can't Hardly Wait? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. And have you seen it, Quinn? Yes, but it's been the a movie. long time. Yeah, so that one, one of the best lines ever in that <laughs> fucking movie that I still quote is the, uh, I'll kick everyone's ass in this room. <laughs> <laughs> That's but there's so one. many, there's so many good lines. But anyway, the closing credits is that Can't Hardly Wait song. And I remember hearing that 10, 12, whatever, whatever AJ was and just being, oh, this song rips. And then when we were able to just look up whatever music we wanted uh, later in life, like I finally figured out it was the replacements. And I'm like, oh, and then the, that whole album is just like, Mm, but I don't think I ever really enjoy the rest of the discography as much as it's, that album. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the early stuff is very, like, I mean, it's very punk, like, fast-paced, yeah. not necessarily my cup of tea. I mean, it's it's good, but it's just not what I'm looking for. But, yeah, Pleased to Meet Me is super, super dope. And, yeah, uh, yeah a, few, a few of the others around that one I like as well, but that's the one that I, like, play front to back. Um, and then I've also been listening to... 
uh, I went back and listened to M83 because I like listened to M83 every like year or so. Uh, I don't think I ever got into M83. I like the first album and the second album, but I'm actually I think most people are more attached to the first one because it's kind of like I don't know classic textbook shoegaze. Uh, but the second one, Before the Dawn Heals Us, is, like, really, really perfect for me. Uh, it was, a lot of that music got used in, like, skate videos and stuff for me oh, growing okay. up. So a lot of that really hits home. I remember this cover. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a really good album. It's It's got a lot of, like, electronic elements comparatively to a lot of other shoegaze. Uh, but also, th- that album came out in, like, 2005. So it's a, it's a little more modern. Um, but it's, it's fire. That album is really good. If you've never hmm. actually taken the time to listen to it, Go through and listen to that shit for sure. No, all the uh, related artists are, I mean, all bands that I like, so that's... I'm surprised yeah. I never listened to it. Okay. You well. you can skip the later stuff, though. The later stuff is, like, a no, lot more... No, do the more... album you said. Yeah. Uh, so there's been that. What else has been on here? Uh, oh, I've also been listening to um, the new Thy Art is Murder, because that just came out, like, two <laughs> days ago. <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> I haven't listened to it, but I forgot about that band, <laughs> bro. It is it is a doozy. Uh, it's it's fucking heavy. Um, they I oh, you know I like this band already. is sort of yeah it you know <laughs> they're not gonna necessarily reinvent the wheel with what they're doing, but they're also probably like one of the top couple like deathcore death metal bands in in mainstream music right now. Um, they're sort of in the same like tier as Black Dahlia Murder and stuff. But yeah, uh, this new album's I mean, it's 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 fun. It's the lyrics are kind of stupid. And it's like, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty much what you'd expect. But the the vocalist himself taking away his lyrics, his, like he is one of the most talented vocalists I've ever heard. He can do like every single kind of death metal vocal and he does them all like perfectly i was actually watching a video they they do all their albums with uh will putney at graphic nature and yeah uh they did like a little spot about recording the vocals with him and just the dude is so so amazing so i listened to him mainly to hear his vocal ability and then also the drums are always insane because like every song is like fucking 275 bpm <laughs> so it is no you're not wrong no I, it I, is I pretty fell, insane i fell out of them i was trying i was looking at uh their holy war is the last one i think i really listened to yeah i actually uh, so yeah holy war is really really good dear desolation is also really good this one like i said is is probably the one that i'm the least into but like every song has some part on drums that like i work up a sweat just listening to it and <laughs> it's uh it's great and they, they actually just got a new drummer who's um a guy that i've followed on instagram for a really long time that's not like he's not well known or anything uh but he was in like i think he filled in for like rings of saturn for a while and he was in like black crown initiative uh oh, for I know a while that. And yeah, I think he's a drummer because he, he posted stuff a lot, but he always played like a really tiny kit. Like he plays, like he should have a he, way bigger kit. Well, he also plays an electronic kit most of the time when he's practicing. Oh, okay, so maybe that's uh, why it was small. Yeah, he has like he just plays like an electronic kit, and I'm assuming like his basic basement or something. And uh, bro, it's great though. The dude is like he's so accurate and tight, especially with his feet. But I mean, he posts all the time on his story, just like him practicing like oh here's me playing 300 beat per minute uh double bass like it's so ridiculous i mean like you do yeah no big deal yeah you know ca- casual <laughs> um but anyway yeah that's i think that's more or less all of it uh there's there's probably even more because th- i feel like this week there was a lot of like releases and 
new stuff that I wanted to listen to, but I got really deep in the rabbit hole of the replacements. So that was, that took up most of my time. And that, that was it. That was, that was my week, baby. Oh, good, good ones. Good ones. Um, I want to let our guest go before I go. If you have any, what have you been listening to? Um, so this week has been a weird week for me. Um, I'm sorry with state's fault. So they just put out this new album. Yep. One to a three piece. Um, I think it's called Clairvoyant, right? I think it's yeah, yeah. Um, really melodic screamo. Um, you know, their other guitars shifted to bass, so they're kind of relying on each other to build dynamics more. So it was, it was a really good release. Got really into that. The rest of the discography from there. Um, but then that's where the rest of my week took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Billy Eilish. Is that is that Billy Eilish? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been listening Oof. to that. Yeah, the two new. T Swift songs. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, continue. <laughs> and then I ended with Purity Ring um, okay. today. Uh, you t- okay, you topped it. I like it. Yeah. That. But so the second Taylor Swift song, though, again, very melodic, a lot more sad. The yeah. drums don't really ever kick in, they're kind of yeah. muffled. It fucking hits. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he whispered it like, yeah. guys, it fucking hits. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, oh, know, so, uh, you took me on a journey there with that. You with did. That line let's, you know? let's, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. So Billie Eilish. Um, I so I haven't listened to that album yet. I mean, the name of it I love. I think it's a cool fucking name. Oh, what is yeah. it? Uh, shit, I'm I'm gonna mess it up. Hold on. Let me. Find let, it. let me. But because uh, I'm gonna interject right. while you guys are looking that up and just say, uh, bro, I don't like Billie Eilish. And we actually, it's funny that this is being brought up because well, it, in yeah. my household we uh we had this big sort of night where somehow Billie Eilish came up and I didn't I I knew her some of her songs but I didn't know they were her and I also didn't know anything about her. And I watched a couple interviews and it's not her fault, but yeah. man, do I not enjoy that generation? I, I guess this is, it's the first time that I'm having to really cope with the fact that I am now like a generation above all the young, the young people in music now. Cause she, she's 17, yeah. bro. She's, she's yeah, like, no, oh, she's yeah. crazy. She's yeah, been doing she, it since she's what, 14, I think. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so there's something about that. Anyone from that age group, I am like getting curmudgeon towards. And so I can't help <laughs> it that I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's stupid. And, uh, yeah, I watched like a bunch of interviews and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But, uh, I will be curious to hear both of you guys takes on it. Cause m- m- well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, so I knew her before this album came out because I remember seeing like it's one of those things like YouTube, you know, videos, just the popularity of what she was doing. I remember seeing some of these singles before they were on the album, um, and I was always intrigued because I enjoy before I knew she was anything about her. And I'm this is kind of going to contradict myself, but from earlier episodes we've done. But uh, what I liked was the very theatrical nature of it and how it's you know it's it's got this whole element to it. It's weird. It's kind of spooky or whatever she's going for. But right. with album titles like uh, when we fall asleep, where do we go? And the cover, she's all kind of, you know, eyes rolled back or whatever. Like it just, it just, it seems like a cool, it's a new direction. It's not, as you mentioned, it's not Taylor Swift, which I like Taylor Swift, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, <laughs> uh, so I haven't listened to this album. I saved it probably a month ago to go and check it out. And I just haven't done it yet because I really want to dive into it because I know it's getting really popular. But so far, I'm really into the theatrical part of it. And musically, it's, it's, seems that there's enough going on that like it's all, it's kind of catchy, but it's different. And that's exactly as it's, it's a lot more catchy. Than I thought I heard yeah. it at work actually. Yeah. Um, it's the same way I recently got into post Malone, which was totally out of <laughs> my element. Whoa. But so he, he did that song for, um, the, the new animated Spider-Man movie. Um, uh, Sunflower. we just watched that movie, by the way. Great fucking I, movie. It's, I still haven't seen it. Oh my phenomenal. God, please. We don't talk about movies here, but go watch that movie. Cause God, that's a good movie. <laughs> but the soundtrack's phenomenal for it too. Yeah. So, so Post Malone did the song. I heard it on the radio. Then I saw it in the movie. 
But anyway, after that song came on, uh, Bad Guy came on, and I'm like, yeah. this is a lot more catchy than I thought. Yeah. So I, I went home, I looked at the video, and the video is super like, theatrical. You yeah. know, she's driving these little cars down the street, she's got blood that. running down yeah, her she's, face. she's all about the horror element of stuff. And I'm like, this is not what I expected at yeah. all. And that's really what drew me in, was like, this is not what I thought when I heard this song, really. Yeah. And that, to me, I, I like it. And the thing that I was going to say that I'm contradicting myself is because is her whole vibe, especially in interviews, it seems to be that whole, I'm miserable, I want to fucking cut my wrist kind of, you know, I'm 17 and I want to die. Like, I mean, come on, like, you haven't lived at all. But <laughs> I get I get the persona she's trying to do. So, like, to me, I'm not really, the music I've heard and the videos I've seen, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's enough that I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to pay attention to that right now. But for being so young, and I don't know who her team is, if she's actually writing everything or not. I hope she is. That's why I wanted to listen to this album while researching her to understand what does she have going on. Right. But surface level, I'm like, okay, it's intriguing enough. Like, it's different enough for me to at least go into. And that's what I try to do with most bands. It's like, are you different enough for me to, you know, take the hour to dive into you? So to me, she's still, she's on that, she's on my list. So. Well, that's essentially where I'm at. I got to the surface level and I saved the rest of it um, for my drive back up to Cleveland. Yeah to listen to the rest of the album yeah. but i got like two songs in and i'm like all right this is worth investing in i'm not yeah. sure how much i actually like it i don't think it's gonna be one right yeah it won't be on repeat maybe, yeah, yeah exactly but like it was interesting enough where i'm like you know i'm gonna step out of my element give this a listen but to me it's like research it's like you know studying it's just knowing what's out there to have a better uh music view anyway so to me it's enough to check it out at least mm-hmm. so yeah now, that's t-swift <laughs> i've always so i've been me and my wife have this conversation a lot but you know i've i've had up and ups and downs with taylor swift just because I, I hated her whole persona back in the day with the you know oh my gosh i can't believe everything and the whole you know clutching your <laughs> chest and like just the night the naivety that she would yeah. portray so i'm just like i never I, I hated that because it didn't feel genuine it just felt like that was the character she was playing but over time and we talked about this a lot i think she's one of the smartest uh creative i mean i know she's done all the stuff herself like she's a powerful businesswoman obviously i like 1989 I think everybody did. I mean, that was the pinnacle. Right. The second one, or the one after, uh, not the second one, but the one after. Uh, Reputation. Reputation wasn't really for me. I have a lot of qualms with her songwriting, like lyrically and even some of the stuff she's doing. It's just, it it gets a little too generic sometimes. Um, and lyrically, I it works, but like I want more. I think she's capable of more, but she's, she's playing her audience. She's so smart with how she markets and does her right. stuff. This new one. I'm really not here for like, I don't like that. We went all, all the way back to this bubblegum kind of thing. Like it doesn't, it feels like a step backwards to me, but I've only heard that one single. And so that's what I thought is the yeah. first one, you know, it throws it back to right before 1989, but the second one is very much so 1989 where it's very atmospheric, like synth the whole time. It's okay. very like ambient almost. And like, she's almost whispering and okay. I'm like, it's a lot more like melodic and sad. I'm like, wow, this is like a lot different. Cause yeah, the first one I'm like, I've heard this before. Like, yeah. Come at me with something well, different. My wife brought a good point. Like, this is how she does her stuff. She always, like, the first single is always, like, the easy one. Like, the, yeah. let me get you back in. And then she, so she does it. She has this all choreographed, like, how she's going to do it. And the second one is always, like, all right, here's what the album's going to be like. Mm-hmm. So she had to remind me of that because I've done this every album cycle. I'm like, because I didn't, like, shake it off. Oh, I, yeah, I was like, exactly. I don't, because I, no, I don't want that. And then all the other singles came out. And I'm like, oh, shit, 1989 kind of pops you know fucking let's do this yeah everything else on there's like really solid i don't yeah. like shake it off though i it took me a while to get into that yeah. album and even the first single off reputation i was not here for and so I, I think she's insanely smart obviously she knows what she's doing you know good for her but i'm still on the fence about what i need to hear the second one so if you're saying it's good I, i'm sure she's she's doing the same thing again i almost want her to do something completely out of left field though. i think it's i know that's maybe not her style but it's like 
you know, come out and do a Billie Eilish for me or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but that's not her. But yeah, but I, your, I your thoughts, Quinn. Sorry. Well, no, I, I was going to say that I, I think that I, I would rather let you guys speak on Taylor Swift because I have very little opinion of her uh, in general, but. I do agree that she's talented. I mean, mo- most of these people, once you make it to that level of big, I mean, you obviously got there for a reason. And yeah. uh, I know that she is like writing all of her own shit and yeah. all of that. So that, that's great. But yeah, I or think at least a she's lot participating of- in all of her own shit. I, I don't know if she right. writes every, I mean, but she does. She's got a handle in the marketing, the everything about her image and, you know, what goes out there. Her, it's her very media. calculated. Uh, yeah, she knows what she's sure. doing. She's got a yeah. good team for sure. It's it's just not, I mean, I don't know that the, the entire the entire world and genre that she is sort of a part of and i guess leading for all intents and purposes uh it's just not not really for me so i don't know whatever i i give her i give her credit uh where credit is due but those albums just you know skip skip (laughs) (laughs) you should go back and listen 1989 as as with learned ears it didn't have to be now but i'm just saying that's probably the one that'll get you into her if you're ever going to get into her well, uh, you know what? I think that I am more willing to go listen to Carly Rae Jepsen only because I heard someone... I love Carly Rae Jepsen, so let's talk about that. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is that I keep hearing from all these people that Carly Rae Jepsen is actually fire. Uh, and I, oh my God, I yeah. literally know nothing about that. But I, somebody uh, last on... last one and the one before it, I mean, they're all... They're, I don't know if you I don't know if you listen to it, Matt, but... No, but I heard the live show was like... Yeah, yeah. So I, don't, I don't know. Okay, I don't know about her live, but either way, she's she's got some bops. Like you need to go check them out. Yeah, I've I on another podcast, somebody that I listen to, they they really really like her, and uh, they referred to her as the God Queen Carly Rae Jepsen, and <laughs> that was true. that was enough for me to think, well, maybe. So uh, may, maybe I'll start. I'll dip my toes uh, in some Carly Rae Jepsen waters, and then I'll I'll see what I can do about the T Swift well, as yeah, far as nineteen eighty. Just go to Spotify for her Carly Rae. Jepsen and just look at the the top ones because they're all great but the album Emotion um god it's so good and and the B-sides I really like she came out with a Emotions B-sides and those are all fucking bangers too so I haven't really dived into the new one as much my wife really likes it so I, it's playing around the house at least when it came out a lot so I've heard it but I haven't not by myself um but either way it's I like I would listen to that over Taylor Swift for sure yeah I I'm I am very much willing to give Carly Rae Jepsen a try but that's that's yeah. probably biased but uh you know what but I will say Matt that's uh as far as any of our what we've been listening to this week like that's you just gave us the most out of left field than I think we've had yet that's, Yeah I don't know if mine's going to be that Oh yeah I I definitely took the ring to Mordor like, <laughs> yeah. we definitely want a journey just now <laughs> Uh okay so mine um so, do either of you know Bill Murray, the band? Yeah, yeah, that's the dude from okay. Attack Attack. Yeah, so so it's for people who don't know, it's spelled, it's all one word: B I L M U R I. Bill Murray. This is a joke, haha. Um, yeah, it's the guitar player from Attack Attack. So you know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, that's where Attack Attack is from. Obviously, became Beartooth of my of mice and men. Um, and then the guitar player, the one who did the singing in uh, Attack Attack went off and did his own thing for a while. And then for the past few years is doing this project called Bill Murray and he just releases his own stuff. But he recently has gotten very big and how I've started to catch on to him is, uh, he put out this new album called 100% wet milk or it's just called wet milk. Sorry. But the cover says 100% on it, but <laughs> it's all very jokey song titles, but musically it fucking rips. And it is, these are some earworms that I don't know if you've listened to it, Quinn, if you know, I've, all, I've heard, um, yeah, I've heard little bits and pieces off that, the, the latest stuff, but I haven't actually like listened to the album straight through. Uh, okay. So it's, it's seven songs. The guy's name is Johnny Frank. Um, 
and I also listened to him on the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should check that out. He's very down to earth. I mean, he's he's very humble. He tours as like a three piece kind of thing um, with a couple of guys. Uh, Matt, you remember the band like No Dice? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the drummer from that, and I think one of the the bass player, um, he plays a uh, a Bud Light uh, Fender Strat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's just he's very funny. So let me read you some song titles off, and they're all like r- there's no spaces uh, in this, but uh, song titles like "My Feelings Have Feelings," um, "I Love Beer," "My Top Ten Most B- Brutal Breakdowns of 2047." I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> spaces between letter spaces between letters are cool, and there's no spaces between letters. <laughs> and the last one, you're you're amazing, and I love you. But so, and he's been doing this for a while. So like this album's called Wet Milk. The one before it's called Taco. The one before that's called Solid Chub. I mean, <laughs> the dude, comically, he's very funny. He gets it, but the music is not funny. Like the music, he and I wish we don't really play music on this, but I, if you're just go listen to this band, listen to Wet Milk. It's seven songs. It's quick. It's twenty minutes, and he's combining um, synth, uh, not really dubstep, but electronic metal emo. Like it's all. It just it works so well together. The dude is so talented, and these songs will be stuck in your head. I guarantee. Like the song "I Love Beer" is like a ballad. And it doesn't it doesn't match the title, but <laughs> it's amazing. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because he this came out uh, maybe two or three months ago. He just released the acoustic uh, album, um, and the, I want to show you the cover. I know you guys can't see it, but look it up. But it's called Pasteurized Milk. Um, but it's him <laughs> in this, this like grandpa outfit. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but, I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, right he now. Just, it's he good. just. He just gets Strong. it, but it's acoustic songs from all his stuff, um, including "I Love Beers" on here too. But just listen to it because it's hard not to appreciate, and especially if you like any of the music we talk about. But I just I I liked it when I heard it, but the more every time I listen to it, I'm just like, well done. Like he, I want to see him live. I want to support him. He's obviously in my town. Um, he's just crazy talented, and the reason he's got so big now is because he's good friends with Jared Alonji. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know the you know the guy, we like him. He's the YouTube personality. Um, he actually, Jared, Johnny Frank recorded the whole, uh, all the Jared Alonji uh, albums with him. Or maybe oh, not all of them, but most really? of them. He did the mm-hmm. last one, the... Uh, Canadian Softball? Canadian Softball. Yeah. So like, so he lives in like Tennessee, and then they, I kept seeing Instagram stuff of him coming back and forth to Columbus to record with Johnny Frank. And Johnny Frank does this like in his basement at his mom's house or something. Like when you hear the production on this, you're like, what? <laughs> like, I know we're going to talk about that later, but like this dude is doing some some crazy stuff uh, production-wise. Um, but... Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so uh, Jared Alonji stopped doing like YouTube, like all his meme stuff and all, and created a, a media company called Baketo, I think, and is like putting bands on it and stuff. So he put uh, Bill Murray on it. And, uh, you know, it's not his label. It's basically like just like a media company. But so, since he did that and then said, hey, this album's coming out, like I think that's where his popularity has exploded because of Jared Alonji's reach. And so now he's getting all kinds of, and so he posts all kinds of videos about how thankful he is, blah, blah, blah. But it is so good and I need people to hear it. It's, <laughs> so. You know, I, okay. So this is, I, I'm, this is an interesting one. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because it's really, really hard for me to, and it's, this has always been the case with him because I have been, I've been aware of him doing this. I mean, I'm trying to see when that first album was. I mean, he's got stuff back 20, in like- 2016. I, like, I'm with you. I, I knew all about it, but like something about it made me be like, eh, it's not, it's probably well, not. It was hard for me. for me because I, I mean, and Griffin, you, you sort of missed out on a lot of this, but I mean like, bro, I was in high school when Attack Attack was like on the come up oh, yeah. at their biggest. And all of my friends were like, not only into Attack Attack, but into that music in general. And 
I hated it, and I was, and I had to be dragged to so many shows. I hated it too. Yeah, I've it seen was... Attack Attack multiple times, and like it's mallcore. Yeah, and he he sounded terrible like live yeah. at then, no, and it... I mean it was this was way different. So the the point is is that it was really hard for me when he started doing this, partly because he is so sort of jokey in nature yeah it was really hard for me to be like okay like i need you to really go the extra mile to convince me to listen to it but then every single time that i've heard a song of his i've realized oh wait this actually has been stuck in my head forever and i mean like one of the songs i couldn't even tell you the title but i still sing it in my head all the time and it's from like one of the 2016 albums and i think he is talented and i also have noticed on um social media that he's not only friends with uh, Jared Alonji, but he's, I mean, he's friends with so many people in the industry now. And so oh, yeah. many of them have been popular. trying to, have been trying to champion him because I think that people have, uh, in the industry and otherwise have really started to realize like this dude is really, really good. Um, so anyway, that's really cool that you've been listening to it. And I am absolutely ad- adding this to my list right now and I will be playing this. Uh, yeah. At a minimum. I mean, the, the old stuff's okay. I mean, you can, you can hear the progression. I wouldn't even go back to the wet milk and taco are kind of the ones I listen to. And now the pasteurized milk, the acoustic one, but just listen to wet milk. That's all. That's all I'm asking because I, that's the one I'm here for it. I think it's, it's what's uh, caused the popularity because it's, it's just so well done. Like yeah. I think he, he's everything he's learned from his previous stuff this is like the epitome of it so yeah get on it <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it um okay so the other one is and i think you guys both know it but you guys remember statues yes sir yes. the australian metalcore ish i mean it's 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 a worse name to type into spotify because there's so many i mean it's what a generic name but uh the album what together we're alone and i forget what the new one is um I must have listened to the one before, but oh, no grave, no burial, but mm-hmm. just chaotic, um, like Norma Jean, Scarlet, uh, a little bit of Dillinger, some daughters ish, but it's it's just very tight. Like they're so it's good at what good. they do. I like this. And his a lot. scream is it's... very straight from the path. Just, oh yeah, yeah. It's just that that perfect mid range scream. It hurts. Yeah, I like mean, it hits you in the chest. Yeah. What's the? Oh, I can't remember the line of. Oh, there's this one line he just screams at the end of like track three or four on that album. That's just so good. That's just like it, you feel it. It's on. It's on. Oh, precious commodity. The third song on Together We're Alone. Just listen to the end of that. I can't remember what he screams, but it's just like, oh god, <laughs> it just keeps repeating it. But it's oh, that's just a tight. If you like any of the bands I listed, like check this band out because they should be much bigger than they are. They're in Australia, so I don't think they get a chance to tour the states, obviously. But yeah, uh, it's just production wise and just and even the video, the music videos are great. I mean, it's. Yeah, that that's a really good one. That's a deep cut. I have not thought yeah. about them lately, but that is, uh, yeah, that's that album. Both of those albums are really, really good. Um, yeah. So if you like that, but the last one I want to talk about is just because uh, I have Matt sitting next to me here, is uh, and because they're in our area, is this band called Dark Spring. Oh my boys. Yeah. So I don't know, Quinn, if I've talked to you about Dark Spring at all yet. That sounds familiar, but I don't know if we have talked about them. And Matt may know a little more than me, so I'll just say Matt actually posted this uh, whenever it came out a couple months ago. What is it? Uh, May is when it came out. Um, the album's called More Than Suffering, and I was not expecting this to be as good as it was. I mean, it's it rips. I mean, Production-wise, it's very it's very well done for what it is. They're a band from Cleveland. Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the main guy is from Ages, right? Correct, yeah. And then, so the story of that is uh, Ages became the bigger band Heart Attack Man right now. Right. So if you know Heart Attack Man at all, they're also from Cleveland. Uh, they're much much more popular than this, but uh, same genre. But you know, Heart Attack Man is more Weezer, 
and oh, yeah. uh, Dark Spring is. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Maybe you can better answer it, but to me, it's more. It's just that perfect early 2000s emo sound, like the. They kind of hit like if you if you were to drop a needle between like Senses Fail and Fall Out Boy, like it fell there. Like you've got the chugs, you got like yeah, you know that's a good point. It, musically, yes. yes, vocally not, no, but musically, yeah, I think you're right on point with that. And vocally, it totally throws it off because that's what that's what's weird about it is the yeah. vocals uh, don't match. I mean, they match the music, but that's when you're listening to it, you're not expecting it to be these vocals, and it's very shoegazy vocals, right? I'm and into that. it works. It works, but the last track, I mean, it's a oh, short album. It's just it's track. just tr- chugs and double bass. It, like, it, they know what they're doing, and I've seen how they, at least I've seen a couple of snips and the pictures of them live, but like, I don't know how they're producing this live because it looks so bare bones. Like, the drummer only has one tom. <laughs> He's wow. a phenomenal drummer, so I okay. follow him on, on Instagram. His it's a floor like, tom, yeah. It's like George something. Um, He plays guitar, too, but okay. like he's, he's super into all this metal stuff, so like, yeah. he's really technical when he needs to be, so he dials yeah. it back. And he fills the space when he needs. Did he record to. on the album? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. and then Steve Perino was the one that recorded out of Cleveland. Um, it sounds great. He does a fantastic the, job. It's mastered a little low volume wise. That's the only yeah. con I'll give it. But because it, I've listened to it like back to back with other stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is a little lower. But production wise, it sounds great. So they did a video for um, the last time. I think is what it was. They okay. did like it has like no YouTube videos. I don't get it. Yeah. It straight up looks like an old Hawthorne Heights video. It's all black and white. <laughs> and it's like abandoned mansion. And there's like a shadow following him. And I'm like, this is like, if this came out in the early 2000s, like, yeah. I would have lost my shit over it. They seem to be getting really big. I mean, they're, but he's like, not. they don't really promote themselves very much. But I mean, they've got, you know, mul- multiple thousand uh, listens on Spotify for a band that's not really signed or just in Cleveland. They don't tour. I mean, they're just hanging out. But I think they're, it's just this is a, something that where the quality is so good that it's it, that's what's getting right. it out there. The, the album before I've only kind of listened to once and it doesn't really hit me. It's a lot more shoegazy. Yeah, um, I think they found the formula on this new one. Yeah, it's a, it's got some hits on it. It's a little more catchy, I think, than the new one. But the new one musically is just over the top. Like, yeah. they're a lot more technical on I, it. I think you'll love it, Quinn. I, you definitely need to check it out. I will be listening to that. I've got it on my playlist to be listening to like this the, week. The cover like is not what he expected it to sound like. I mean, it matches now that you've heard the album. Right. Everything matches, but it just, at first glance, you're like, what? <laughs> I, I remember him telling me like, like, hey, like if you don't like the early 2000s, you're going to hate this album. Like, yeah. Him and I were talking about it and like, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. And like, I'm, he started showing me clips, and then like when it came out, I started with Swan Song. And oh, okay. Like, Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. And I'm, I'm glad they ended with that, but like Little Razor is a great opener. My favorite song is More of You. Oh, yeah. But all these true. tracks are like two minutes, three minutes. I mean, they're not very long, one and a half minutes. Like, it's a short album, but it, it rips. So I highly recommend uh, if you like any of that stuff. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of brand new at times. Yeah. It's got some vibes to that. I mean, it's... It's just a lot of things rolled up and done very well. Look, you guys know that uh, I love me some early 2000s, pretty much anything. So uh, sign yeah. me up. <laughs> so you, you better get on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look at the fans also like, but it doesn't seem to match what they sound like to me. No, the the also like on on Spotify is essentially just everyone else in Cleveland. Yeah, that's that's basically these are, all the, these are all the Cleveland bands. So yeah, if you yeah. want to know that. Um, but that's what I got here for uh, this week's listening. Well, that that was that was a good one. Those are some heaters in there, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly report on uh, maybe the the saddest bit of news that will ever be on the Audio Files podcast, and that is I I put a poll up 
this week, all right? I put a poll on Instagram. Oh, shit. Did I win? And <laughs> this poll, uh, if you've listened to episode four, it had to do with what was the better Tears for Fears album. Uh, the well, Hurting. there was two questions, and you conveniently didn't ask the second one. We're not going to talk about the second continue. one, and I don't think that we need to talk about the second one after seeing uh, where my audience is at now. So I, you know, what, <laughs> is it songs from the big chair or is it the hurting? And in a landslide, it ooh, was... Ooh. And I, I, I mean, it hurts me because guys, there were zero votes for the hurting. Because <laughs> <laughs> every, everybody knows, like, this is not even, I can't believe we had to have a poll. Like, this is Songs from the Big Chair is Tears for Fear. You know like, what, though? You, know, you didn't have to no, have a poll. You know what, yeah. though? <laughs> I, I am going to stand by my decision, and I'm also no, going to... No, no. You know, I'm going to stand by it, <laughs> and I'm also going to say that I, I walked into a place conveniently this week... And shout was on the the speakers there, and I thought you damn right it was. No, that song fucking sucks. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, no, no. So I am. Let me roll back. So I didn't appreciate that song ever until I listened to that whole album all the way through, and just I just put it on one day and hearing the full version of that song because it's like what seven minutes. It's, it's a long app. Yeah, the full version. It's is long, long song. <laughs> so if you're not ready for it or wanting to listen to it, then you're not you're not going to like it because I f- felt the same way for years. I'm like, why is this song so fucking long? And I always liked Tears for Fears, but that was the song I always skipped. Mm. But if you just if you sit down and listen to it and listen to the nuances, like it's perfect songwriting, just how it layers on top of itself. I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to this album, Matt, but like this is you would enjoy it. If just listen, like sit down with headphones and just listen to this album. And it was what made '85, and just how. Yeah. Oh, just how perfect it is! How well it goes together and flows because it's literally like one giant just song almost. Look, I'm not going to tell it. you that the the album is bad, but I am going to tell you that the hurting is still better, and that's. Oh, but, but I think the I think the people have spoken <laughs> that it is. It is clearly. Uh, well, I uh, we're just gonna and watch out to the better like some fire album. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna shelf all that uh, because clearly no one can be trusted. But I, you know, it's I have to say though, I concede defeat because when I asked um, uh, the guy that I work with that's uh, that I said was in a band that's sort of influenced by the replacements, I said, hey, you know, what's the better album? And his response you was, you can keep asking. No, his response was. The Hurting is just as good of an album, but you can't even put them on the same tier because every song on uh, Songs from the Big Chair is a hit, just like you said, Griffin. And, and I'll concede yeah. that. It, every song is a hit, and that counts for a lot, uh, especially in that time. Like, that album is literally a hit machine. So, whatever. I'll take it, but... I- <laughs> <laughs> that album's a hit machine. Yeah, whatever. But... <laughs> But I can't wait for two year, years. Some, there's going to be some point in the future you're going to mm. come back and go, yeah, that's the one. I don't. I don't no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I that album has definitely grown on me uh, in like the past two or three years. You better grow in you, baby. It's the best. Uh, man, I just I don't know. Anyway, I had to report on the sad findings of that uh, that poll. We need but, to do more polls. We need to do more polls. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Let's. I don't know if I can bear to do another. Uh, but. <laughs> Then sort of transitioning into some other sort of listener feedback that we had. Um, This is something new that I want to do on here that uh, I think will sort of encourage people to send us more uh, recommendations and things that they want us to listen to. So we had uh, one of our very, very good friends, a man by the name of Brian Bailey. Uh, If you want to follow him on- Yeah, if you want to follow him on Instagram, he is at Brian Beetle Bailey. Um, He actually just uh, joined up in a new band- in the sort of Dallas-Fort Worth area called Unspell that's going to be emotional hardcore. And uh, I've only heard I'm clips. I'm on it. Uh, yeah, I've already heard clips of it, and it sounds great. They've got an EP you, that's going to be coming out. out. 
heaters. Um, yeah, yeah. Straight heaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's I mean it's only been clips, but like I'm and the fact that there's this giant slipknot poster in the background of everything they posted, I'm like, yes. yeah, let's do this. So <laughs> not that it sounds like slipknot, but still. <laughs> it, yes, it is not slipknot, but it is still really good. So I'm excited for that. Um but anyway, Brian um has been listening to every single episode. He's he's given us a lot of feedback so far. He's been great, but he sent us a Boy has he. He sent us a specific song. Uh, to listen to and it's actually a band that he is going to be playing his first show or his band's first show is going to be with this band um and it is a band called hikes and i believe i don't know if this is still the case but when i was looking into them um i believe they are a band from austin which is where i live um and oh are they really i I, I guess i didn't get that deep into it yes uh and like i said that may have changed since uh you know times past but i at one point they were an austin based band which is that's cool for me i love finding about any of these that are uh, local and all these good texas bands um but the song oh, he yeah. sent us is called onset and this band doesn't have a lot uh on spotify to listen to necessarily they only had a few songs uh i'd be curious to hear what you think griffin but i, I thought the song ripped dog i actually really really liked it so it's interesting when you because you asked me this a few days ago um the first time I listened to it, I was like, man, uh, no, but not because it was bad. It was just like I wasn't like I was at work and like I just wasn't in the right mind frame to be checking it out. Sure. So I'm like, all right, let me just I'll come back because I wanted to be able to talk about it. So uh, I came back uh, today, actually. Yeah. And listened to that whole EP. It's on. It's called Lilt um, and started with Onset, though, and just let the rest of it just kind of play on repeat. OK, now it. I really think it's very good. Um, there's something to me. It's like it's 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 missing something. Um, I don't know if it's because it's, it sounds like too much like other things. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, it's not bad. It's just like, there's like, it, there's nothing in there yet. That's like, lets them stick out to me. So it's very, uh, it's kind of math rocky. It's noodly. Uh, the vocals are really good. The vocals actually remind me of, um, play radio play, not when he was in that, but when he moved to analog rebellion. Oh, I don't know if you've ever listened yeah, to that. yeah. That, so that's, that? yeah, that's funny that you say that. Cause it does, it does yeah. sound like that, but actually what I was thinking the vocals, and I, I thought you were going to say this is that at times the vocals sounded to me, um, like Elliot from good tiger. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I don't think they're as forced Correct. in that, in that range, like, like a good tiger would be. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely good. I, I, I added it like something I'm going to listen to, but I guess I'm just confused because there's there's very like you said very little out there, and there's the stuff that is it's spaced so far apart. Like I think they need this thing is from 2017. The one before that's from like 2014, then 2013. So I'm not sure where they're hiding, but um, I think if they're doing something in 2019, like I f- feel like they're maybe this is the next step of like all right now they're doing they figured out their sound. Yeah, and um, I, I would. But be, this little four song is good. Yeah, totally. And I would. I'm really. Uh, I'm really curious to hear more from them and. Um, I wish that I was able to go to that show that, uh, Unspell is going to be playing with them, but, um, I, I think that'll be cool. I mean, and that's, that's a great band for them to be playing with. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I will be the listening to that, that little four tracker again. And I, like you said, will be curious to see what, uh, the next couple years are for them. Oh yeah. It was a good, re- good recommendation, but I mean, you better get in the pit though. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, if, if you have recommendations like that, uh, I'm going to be reading those off on the show. I'll be putting you on the spot a little, um, in the case of Brian, I wanted to give a shout out to his Instagram as well, because I know that he's doing this new band. Um, but I think that it's, uh, it's great to have any sort of, um, fan representation on here. So yeah, if, if anybody yeah. wants to send more our way, we will talk about it explicitly and, on the uh, show. 
And Brian could be a future guest too, since we're all good friends. With that him, so. is very, very true. Brian would have a lot to. Don't say. tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Well, yeah, uh, it's going to be a secret <laughs> sure on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna edit that edit out, that Brian. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, that that covers all the the formalities, uh, and now I want to break into. Uh, I, I hesitate to call this an interview, but I do want to kind of pick the brain of our of our good buddy Matt here because yeah, um, like I said, this is. I think that we can have many guests in the future, and um, there's a lot that I want to be able to talk to Matt about. And oh, yeah. first of all, Matthew, uh, people may have Matthias, yeah, <laughs> Matthias. <laughs> people may have picked there's up a story with that. <laughs> uh, people may have picked up from uh, our conversations thus far. You are, in fact, based in Cleveland. Um, you previously, I know, have been in Columbus. That is where we all met. Uh, but l- let's let's talk about. Uh, some of your projects right now because you are a man with many musical projects as so many of us are um so 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 hit us what what are you doing right now what do you want to talk about um so right now the the thing that you know i'm spending most of my time on is bike cruise um it's me my wife and our our good buddy rigo um his name's chris uh but don't tell anyone his name is chris it's rigo Rigo. (laughs) um (laughs) like his girlfriend be chris and i'll be like who's that who who the fuck is this (laughs) um our one friend would never call him Rigo and called him Christopher all the time. I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unnatural. <laughs> didn't sit well with a man's dinner. Yeah. yeah it didn't. <laughs> um, but so it's we're we're three piece, like ah, I hesitate to say emo, it's emo, but um It's probably got more punk than emo in it at this point, but Yeah, yeah. I would say more punk. It's got emo roots though, for sure. Oh yeah. You know, we'll still twinkle every so often and yeah. stuff. Um But not like not like uh grimy like punk, just like punk aesthetic is what I you know. Yeah, it's definitely like, you know, echoes on like snowing, um yeah. Guacamore, mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. th- like that scene of um the emo. Um but we so we just released a new album called It Only Gets Worse From Here. Um <laughs> I love good I love that title, by the way. I, I don't think I've had the chance to tell you, but I do really like that title. Yeah. Well, all his titles are good. That. We were talking about that at dinner, but yeah, his song titles are they they take a while to uh to hit. So. Yeah, so some some of the titles are like quotes from TV shows are like like Thirty Rock, The yeah. Office, Parks and Rack, Futurama. Yeah. Some of them are like things that we'll say at like practice. Like yeah. it only gets worse from here was like um us practicing um is me and rigo practicing for something that this metal thing we're going to do actually with griffin and it wasn't going that well <laughs> um <laughs> and i i'm pretty sure is rigo like was very sweaty in his sports shorts and i'm like are you ready he's like it only gets worse from here <laughs> and clicks us in um and so that's where the name of that came from but yeah so we just put out this 12 song album which is the the most songs i've ever put on anything ever and uh it's probably the most co- cohesive work though i mean uh, right i think and we were talking about this earlier it's like it's it's a natural progression from the first by cruise album which is obviously any first album is just here's all the songs we wrote mm-hmm. right know? but the second one i just it's it's very well put together and it flows and you know this it sounds like a mature like a band that's matured so i congratulate you on that i think oh, it's a very uh it's a very good sophomore album um so more people need to get on that it's true yeah so we and like we took a lot of time like writing it not so much like writing like the structures of the song like that's what i used to focus on more this time like so me and rigo kind of write the core of everything together real quick we'll you know we'll get christina in on it you know get the bass but then from there like i'll just put everything to a click track just the bare bones and then like i just put rigo on the spot yeah. like so like there's no like i'll i'll write entire songs so the one song i was dying earlier 
I didn't show Rigo before we went in the studio. Like, <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know I'm, that. I'm like, here's, and there's a few on there like that. Like, um, what's the other one? There's, there's a few on there. Um, it only gets worse from here. The last one, yeah. Um, showed him on the spot. Um, and we just kind of build on it from yeah. there. And I'll be like, this is the dynamic I'm looking for, and we'll just keep building and building. And then we go to the guitars, do the same thing. So I only write like the left side guitar, and then we get into like my basement start recording the right side yeah and i just start doing it on the spot i'm like hey what do you guys think of this oh well, that's how me and you have wrote stuff for years it's just like all right let's see what it's it's not that you're just doing the first thing that comes to mind but it's just like it's that raw instinctual just like this is what this is what i'm feeling right now i'm not going to overthink it yeah. right you know kind of thing and even when uh you know between the three of us we've all some been in bands together quinn me matt rigo all of our friends so but i think that's what most of our bands try to strive for is just like not to force something, not to overthink right. it, and whatever that groove is. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We move on, you know, kind right. of thing. Yeah, so totally. And, and, this was, and this is one of the few times where, like, it just worked right away. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you get four songs, you get eight songs, you get seven songs. This is the first time, like, I remember we were, we were sitting there, we're like, wait, how many do we have? Yeah. How many more of these do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it just, it all, like, like just kind of clicked together, which was a really cool experience. And then, like, you know, me and Rigo both work together, so we, we record out of my basement. Um, and you know, me, Griffin and Rigo, like all, you know, we like working like that, yeah. like EQing drums. So like that, most of our time was spent probably post recording Yeah, and just putting everything together that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree that it is a great sophomore album. Um, and I think that, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm glad to say that one of the few shows I've ever played as a live musician was with bike crews. So it's always going to have a special place in my heart. That, that, that was a good show. That was, that was uh, a fun time. One. I was gonna say, you should rep your, uh, other projects too. That's true. You do oh, have, yeah, so you have more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I do is I play by myself. Um, I do sleep soundtrack. Um, very, it's a, it's more acoustic. Um, and I, this, I just did a split. I think it came out the beginning of this year, the end of last year. I don't know where it fell really. Um, but it was it was more geared towards like like orchestra instruments. Like I used like flute and mm-hmm. like trumpet and trombone and like timpani. Like I was using different things on it while still trying to keep it like an acoustic emo um, like EP. Um, so I do that in between by cruise. Uh, I'm also in a doom metal band that hasn't done anything in five years. <laughs> Bro, but it's got That's a good album. Yeah, but it's got the sickest name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my doom metal band is wretched wizard. Mm, yep. It's good. Um, album was empty throne. We, we just started writing riffs again for it. Um, but the issue is we start drinking when we do it <laughs> <laughs> and then we, then we demo it Yeah. and then we don't know what we demo. Yeah. How did, who played the what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, like, I'll, it'll be something dumb. Like I'll put the mic in a dumb spot and it's like, well, we know there are symbols on it. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. We got the symbols. <laughs> <laughs> it's the important bones of the song. Um, but yeah, those are the three things that, you know, are active that have, have names to them. Yeah. Um, I've played a band, plenty of bands with Griffin and Columbus, Vidal, uh, Dog Breeds, Graves, which are the two same thing. Um, history's history. Yep. I mean, so essentially, yeah, we've, we've all been definitely a part of a, a lot of our, our musical endeavors for the past however many years um yeah. but that also kind of makes me wonder because i griffin i'm sure you know this but i do not uh matt what was like what was your first band because since i've known you most of these projects oh, have been <laughs> uh more towards like 
emo or punk or then in the case of retro wizard you've got like you know the doom metal and stuff in there but it, it, it's sort of all like i i've got a matt celia sound in my mind but like i don't i don't know have you always been playing that i don't know i don't know what no. your first band was yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say i should i just jump in and say i met matt in 2013 i think mm-hmm. yes playing my the first band i did in columbus history's history and it was your first house show you just moved to columbus and it was just like well come play in my tiny eight by eight room yeah <laughs> that's exactly. basically and we've been best friends ever since yeah. so i don't know I, I didn't know matt before then so i think we were what how, how many years ago that was so 24 25 at least me yeah um so early 20s for you but so yeah i don't know i didn't i was i was in texas when you were growing up in cleveland obviously so, so i've heard these stories but you can tell them right better. um so no this is this is not where i ended up starting off so i started off as you've uh, so graciously shit talked, um, listening <laughs> to Blink One Eighty Two. I like Blink One Eighty Two. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so the album for me, and I know you both, you guys don't like it. Um, the first album that got me into guitar was Dude Ranch. I remember stealing it from my dad. Yeah. Oh so wow! Um, my dad plays music. Um, he plays drums. Right. My uncle plays That's guitar. Right. Uh, my dad used to be in bands growing up, and so I stole Dude Ranch on cassette. Cause that's how old I am. Wow. Well, that um, album was what ninety five. Yeah. Or, yeah. Six yeah, five. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I put it in and I learned how to play um, pathetic, emo, and a new hope on my dad's shitty guitar. I mean, and yeah. like and that was that that carried me through like high school essentially. So my first band was a joke band, um, and we didn't tell people it was a joke though. So <laughs> it did go. How'd over that go well. over? Yeah, it did go over well. So we were called the Lamos. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> Yeah, you can were. I? Yeah, you were. I think we both said it at the same time. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah, you can were. I, can I guess what the genre was on that? Go ahead. It had to be ska. Surprisingly, <laughs> it was not. It was the. It was but, the. But we'll get there. Hold on. Yeah, we'll get there. It was the stepping stone into ska. Yeah. Um. So, at the time, like a lot of the stuff we liked was um like Common Rider. Um, and like the earlier, like first few waves of ska, where like there were like some of the stuff that didn't have horns because we didn't have enough people for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so it was just like really shitty punk. Um, you know, three chord things. Our our po- most popular song was one called Magic Foam. <laughs> <laughs> and there's at Dollar Tree they used to sell this cleaning product called Magic Foam. Yeah. And we wrote the shittiest three note song ever. And recorded it in like my guitar broke, so it's just bass drums and me yelling at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yep, like, yep, yep. But yeah, we didn't tell anyone that you know we're just dicking around, and like people really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> they really hated people it. were really upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, we could not get on shows. Don't take it seriously. They yeah. shouldn't have. But there was like a few of our friends, um, Eddie Marflack, who yep. runs Blank Slate uh, in Illyria. Yeah, up yep. in Illyria. He. Uh, the band that he ended up joining was this band called the Amputines. It's a ska band from. Burrito, wait, wait, hold Ohio. on. You, you breeze pet. Say the name of the band again. <laughs> the Amputines. There it is. Um, <laughs> That's all you need to say. I know exactly what we what it sounds like. So, so you know, we started hanging out with them because our drummer was the old drummer for that band. Uh, so we, you know, friends of each other, and they got the joke. Like, yeah, instantly they got the joke and like started putting out shows with them. We started being more people, and eventually we we became the ska band, the turn that you were all expecting. <laughs> yes. Um, now we're here. They're just waiting for you. Called the Speakeasy Sellouts. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, These names. <laughs> These are all great. <laughs> Solid bangers. But they're all right 
where you needed them to be. Right. Like, yeah. You, you had yeah. It. Yeah. I this mean, is early two thousand. If you were on Warp Tour, this is this is right. it. Yeah. 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 So like we're listening to like Kisby Nights and like yeah. all the early stuff. Um, yeah. When do we get to Leftover Crack? Because me and you do not agree on oh, that. Oh so. no. Mm-hmm. Nope. That, was, that was tossed in more with the Lamos. Okay. Like the no cash I, leftover crack. Yeah, I, um, I can't get behind that. Uh, was the uh, other one? They, they had a couple. Other I will ones. say I don't Go like ahead. leftover crack, but the band that they became, Star Fucking Hipsters, have some pretty sick songs. I will say as an I've adult, I do not like leftover crack. But... <laughs> it's just always the joke of like bringing up those and no cash too. But it's just like it's just, that's the level of no cash so that style punk is what I did not get into. Correct, same. Right. So that was not that was not me. Not that it, not that it's awful or anything, but it's just like that, that is not me. Mm-hmm. So. And that was more of you know the Midwest like yeah. Ohio scene, it's very Midwest. more more so for Cleveland, I guess. Was yeah. getting into some of that uh, more of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then from there. You know, I started the, with the same people. We changed our name because we lost the horns because, like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> we became a pop punk band called The Burbs. Um, um, yep. Right? Yep. We're, we're yep. still yep. there. We're still, we're still in it. We're um, right, in, right where we need to be. <laughs> you know, that that turned into... So there was a band at the time. So the band that really got me into the music scene in Berea was called Delay. Um, our friends... Oh, Delay. I, I played a show with them. Yeah, so our friend's older yeah. brother is, is Jesse, the drummer of them. Yeah. So we're always getting these demos and, like, you know, we're only, like, 12, 13, whatever... Dude, this fucking band's playing like Peabody's, the Agora, all these cool yeah. spots in Cleveland. They have a real CD. Yeah. So that kind of got us into everything. So the Burbs was kind of more of like, you know, pop punk, uh, delay, like indie stuff. And then like from there is when I had Eddie Marflack join our band. We yeah. lost everyone, changed our name to the Head Start. And that's okay. So that's the one that was like pretty, that's the one that's like open for Boys Not Out and stuff. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so that's like the turning point. Of my musical career, so like around that time, Eddie Marflack showed me Boys Night Out, yeah, um, early screamo stuff like Welcome to Plague Year, um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did he show me? Mineral, um, all that stuff, yeah, and that just like that kicked the door down for me. Man. How old were you then? Oh, probably sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, that's pretty influential. Yeah, years, yeah. that's a good time. Um, yeah. yeah, so that kicked everything down, and like you know, the screamo stuff and like Boys Night Out it tied into everything I was into at the time with Hawthorne Heights and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it was just the next step. Yeah, it's what bridge the gap. Yeah, yeah bridge the gap then to everything else. And didn't um, you open for somebody else though with a head start? We opened the big one. We opened for was Fireworks, um, Set Your Goals, hmm. and there was someone else. That's right, Set Your too. Goals. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was like a big fucking show, and you know, was that off Mutiny? The Set Your Goals? Was that yeah, what they were turning off of? Yeah, wow, that's that, that's Set Your Goals heyday right yeah, there. Yeah, that's, it was, that's, it was that's solid. The peak. Yeah. Um. And like we were, we were very confused as a band. Like the drum- <laughs> that's a t-shirt right yeah. there. <laughs> the drummer wanted to keep doing pop punk. Uh, the other guitarist wanted to do more like Defiance Ohio, like folk rock stuff. And yeah. me and Eddie were like hell bent on making this sound like Boys Night Out's first album. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing like joint screaming over top of each yeah. other. Make yourself like- sick is what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That we're just we're yeah. doing all of that. Yeah. And uh, it didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the end of a lot of your stories. Is, well, it didn't go over well. It didn't go over well. People um, didn't like it. And around that time was like the time I started graduating high school. Um, I went off to college for a semester. That didn't go well either. <laughs> this is this is going to be an ongoing theme. Guys. Is that the next yeah, album? I, I think actually the title of this episode is that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go well. People didn't um, people yeah. didn't like it. So around that time though. Um, you know, me and Eddie have kind of fallen in and out of friendship and stuff like that. We got back together. He was booking shows at a coffee shop in Berea, and he he knew I liked Mineral and these early emo bands. And he goes like, "Hey, I, I just booked this band called Empire. Empire I was a lonely state. Can yeah. you make a flyer for me?" I'm making him a flyer. I'm like, "Hey, can I shorten this dumb name?" <laughs> um, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, sh- 
Um, Keith's going to listen to this. And, I mean. and well, then, then he goes, he's like, no, 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 you know, just make it a little bit different. Anyway, so I go to the show and that like the door is still hanging on by the hinges. Yeah. And then like, you know, Keith just whispered the hinges off for me. <laughs> um, and. And that was very, if you know, if you listen to any Matt stuff or, you know, Empire Empire is a big influence. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that was it for me then. Like yeah. that changed everything. Like I was in any bands at the time. And, um, you know, that was the first time I really heard like more twinkly emo. Yeah. Around the same time I got into this band called 1994, who like just played these really thick open riffs. Yeah. And like I, I like in my head, it was just I'm gonna combine both those things like this twinkly emo and standard tuning was this you know, all in like six, eight up and down, like stroke to these big open, like, you know, almost like drunken, like guitar riffs that were still emo. And like, that was it. Like that was my tone. Then, um, me and my wife started this band. I taught her how to play bass and, uh, we started this band called graves and we, we wrote a little four song EP and then this is where Griffin comes in. <laughs> yeah. He's entered. Um, I he's, entered. He's, he's entered the room. So right before that, you know, one of my bands with Eddie, that was a little side project thing we did EP, played with uh, Ryan Douglas, Survivalist, yep. up in Cleveland, uh, moved down to Columbus, run into him at the grocery store. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like, hey man, what are you doing down here? I'm like, oh, I just moved down here. Me and Christine just moved down here. And he's like, you doing any music right now? And I like, I show him this demo like that I, I recorded with Christina. He's like, dude, I'll play drums on that. So he he joins this. Um, he's in the early stages of starting this like booking thing. Books Griffin's band with Brave Bird at my house. Yep. Um, me and Griffin like instantly kicked it off, and like. I but remember... it took like six months for us to even get in the band together, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then like yeah, just one day I'm like, hey, do you want? So we we're going to do a split with you guys. That's right. Yeah. And then like halfway through, like talking about, it, I'm like, do you just want to like be in the band? But, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that was it. Like that. That, that was. was history. A, I remember History's that was a really. Was history. Yeah, that was history. History. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really weird time for me, just because uh, it was the debate of whether to join that or be have the time for another band, and my dog was dying at the time too, so it was it was all very rough. But <laughs> so I'll always remember that joining it was like, which is tattooed on my arm too, my dog Wally, but. Uh, that was kind of a th- cathartic experience for me because it was an, another. It was an outlet that I wasn't having to control, and I was just joining your project yeah. to, you know, just just write leads over. And some of the leads I wrote in that time are some of my favorite things I've ever written. It, that was like the weird thing is like you know we both come from emo backgrounds, but they're they're very different ends of the emo spectrum. I feel mm-hmm. like. like mine was you know more of like the the mineral and like these super shitty recordings. You know, like you're a big early November fan and yeah. like uh, Park. I know that yeah, was... my mine came probably from more emo rock. I mean, my my background before was all was all metal stuff, but obviously moved into a emo rock kind of style. So yeah, I mean, bringing those two together, like I thought it worked. Oh yeah, and that, <laughs> that was like the thing is like it just it took off like that, yeah. and like you know we started writing like crazy. Um, I remember I remember the show. It was like I texted you before the show. I think you guys opened for Dads or something. It was like the one where yeah we did where, where Wally died. I think like. I remember, like, I sent you this text. I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm on my way up to the show. Uh, I get there, and you're, you're like, you're like, hey, my dog died, and like, you guys started your set. And yeah. I'm like, oh, sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was basically how I opened that set. I was like, <laughs> yeah, my, my, I put my dog down yesterday. Well, I, but, and, like, so I felt so bad. I'm like, hey. I had no idea, and I'm like. Hey. Hey, you want to play in this band with me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be at your show. Yeah. <laughs> and I get there, and you're like, everything's falling apart. Yeah. Welcome We're to the gig. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gig. No, it sucked, but I mean, that was just, I think for me, I think that's, if, I mean, we had a band called Dog Breeds. We're both very big dog people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's what solidified most of our friendship was like, okay, you get it. 
Uh, we both like music, the same stuff, dog based, blah, blah, blah. So like it was, it was a weird way to start a friendship because we were just friendly at that point. But yeah. Right. Yeah. And then now we've done all this stuff together. So we're caught up pretty, that was probably four or five years ago, but yeah. And since then it's essentially been the same thing. Just multiple, normal. just, yeah, just switch, just switch where we're standing in the band. And that's basically what we've oh, been yeah. doing for five yeah. years. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you know, I, but I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that there's something to be said, uh, because I think that because you guys have been able to, um, be in so many of these bands with each other. And like you said, you are on different ends of the spectrum that, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you guys end up writing together just works really, really well. Uh, and as far as you know from my perspective because i've got to watch a lot of this from sort of the outside where i've seen a lot of these different iterations from just going to shows and stuff um i still think that whenever you guys did uh videl which if anyone listening wants to go listen to that it's on spotify uh vi v-i-d-e-l that's it that's videl uh but uh there's another one you're gonna find though because there's like a rap guy on there now he just did this hot twilight jam like, yeah he like sampled twilight well that's certainly yeah. not it hot trash <laughs> yeah it's it's not hot, that it's it's, it's a trash. it's a if you're song, out there i'm shit talking yeah. yeah four song ep uh called too little too late perfect title yes <laughs> but yeah that's 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 me on drums singing and matt on guitar and our friend tony on bass and that was a really fun that, and so uh, I, I think that for me that always seemed um sort of like the culmination of like especially now Matt hearing sort of even what predates Griffin, um, just thinking about the two of you guys and, and where you were in bands and the different projects you'd been in. Videl was such a good uh, sort of just hybrid of all of that. And I, Videl is still probably my favorite uh, project that you guys have done, uh, individually or well, otherwise. I, I love Videl. I listen to that EP all the time. Um, but I think it's... Ahead, well, sorry, I, I was just going to say that, I, you know, I think that it shows how much you guys have sort of um, played off of each other to learn about the writing process. And like you said, getting into a room with each other and sometimes riffs work and sometimes they don't. And Videl is a really good representation of all of that. Well, the way Videl started was we were in, <laughs> this is so stupid in hindsight, but the way, I mean, we were in so many bands together. So I was, you know, my main project was Histories, History, and his was Grave slash Dog Breeds. He changed the name eventually to Dog Breeds, but um we just we we came from these heavier backgrounds and we both just wanted to do something and i just wanted to play drums and something and you just wanted to write screamo riffs and so yep. we just did a two piece thing and it hey that sounds cool let's record it and then it just it was always something we were do- it was on the back burner so we never really put a lot of thought into it. we played a couple of shows we didn't put any thought into them they were just fun because there was no pressure when it's your project and you're trying to it's like your baby out there there's just so much pressure to do it the right way and make sure it was going the you know your vision and videl was just like fuck it let's just go and play a corner and do not i mean we played in front of a gate yeah <laughs> downstairs in a basement i mean it was we played that matinee show and that was awesome like, yeah we were, we were home by like 3 p.m yeah like, it was that awesome was sweet. <laughs> it's the sweatiest show of my life but yeah <laughs> but yeah so like we would actually write between uh yeah. graves practices so yeah. uh like ryan and christina would go outside and smoke weed yeah and then me and griffin would just like write like half of a song yeah and they come back in we just go back to graves yeah like that's all it was for a long time and we wrote i mean we wrote like a whole album basically and then decided we didn't like it i Uh, decided uh, matt decided i still it was still good but it was not it should never have been released based on what we released after the fact but the point was that was the time me and matt figured out how we write together yeah and i think it's special to find that with people i mean i i could probably do it with anybody if you are if you know music and enough theory and stuff, I mean, I've been with enough people, but me and Matt just work really well together. Cause I think we both get it just like, you know, it's one of those things where he does something and I can instantly play what, off of it, what he's trying to do, no matter what instrument we're on. So it's just, it's worked really well together, but that Videl EP that we actually put out, 
that was kind of a struggle for us, not really writing it because to me, it's one of my favorite things because I uh, recorded it and mixed and mastered. And um, I just I, I love the way it sounds. It's not the perf- perfect thing, but it's one of my favorite things I've done. But we took a it took a long time to get that out because I, th- I think we were both like, this sounds good, but we didn't know what to do with it. Like, right. Yeah. And I just like on a whim. I had no, I had no desire to do vocals in that band, but especially as the drummer, but just on a whim, I'm just like, it's been sitting in my computer for three months and we don't know what to do with it. I'm just, ah, let me just put some vocals on it. And then I just, I don't, I don't know if we ever talked about it, but for me, it was just like, oh, this is what this could be. Right. And then I just sent it to you guys and it was like, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and like, so like, yeah, originally I was supposed to do the vocals and at the time, like, um, it was more screaming, screamo stuff. Yeah, at the it was time, more yeah. like old screamo, detro stuff yeah. like that. But it had so much melody to it. Like that's I, what you were right. talking about before. It was when you actually put like leads and everything else on it. Like the the, the evolution of that album or the EP was just like it just got so melodic and mm-hmm. like right. It needed something, and we both knew it. We just didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. And yeah, at the time, like I was in the middle of moving back to Cleveland, which was a hard move. Yeah. Uh, my grandpa died at the same time. Like all this big life stuff was happening to me at that time, and I kept going. I'll, I'll put my vocals on. I'll put my vocals on. It just never happened, just because all this big life. And you sent me those, and I'm like, no, that's it. That's yeah. better than what I was gonna do anyway. Just yeah. keep that one. Keep there really, there really wasn't a lot of talk. It was just like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> no, we, we pretty much just showed up in a room, and we're like, all right. So what do we have to do for life? Like, yeah. that's it. And that's and to me, that was one of my favorite challenges as a musician was trying to figure out how to do those drums and sing it at the same time. And I think we, I mean, especially as we did it more live and practiced it, like I thought it got really it was better than I expected it to be. And it became one of the easier things to do playing right. drums and singing for some reason. But, um, that was one of my favorite things. And the, uh, inside info, the song 14, 416. What is it? The address Four sixteen is all I ever call it. Uh, but four sixteen E 16th F. Yeah. That's about the, the house that Matt ran the house shows. And you can just read the lyrics and understand what it's about, but that's, that's what that uh, title stands for is the house that me and him met at and did all these shows at. And just like that whole, uh, disillusion with the scene at the time so um yeah that was a really fun yeah. project for us. i i am i am definitely a big videl fan uh always have been um well i i do before uh we have to wrap it up because i i do know that we're about like an, an hour in right now but um you had <laughs> talked about uh yeah. you had talked about like recording stuff obviously and i had yeah. said before i wanted to just at least touch a little on that um and i guess to sort of put it all in a nice pretty bow I'm just curious as you, and this is a question for both of you, even you Griffin, as my co-host, uh, <laughs> um, you guys both have home studios, uh, in your basements. And I think that yep. that is something that you've both worked for a really long time to sort of get, uh, get those where you want them. And obviously that's a never ending, it's a never ending project. It's ever evolving. Yes, and that, it, I'm we, still chasing we, stuff. Yeah. yeah we're still and that's it. fair. I think that that's reasonable, but I, I guess that, um, you know, from from my perspective, it seems that that has perhaps been almost the best part of you guys sort of doing all these bands together and stuff is that um, I've sort of gotten to see you guys grow into people that have gained such a huge interest in, in audio production, even more so than you had before and, and found a way to really like, you know, spearhead the whole DIY thing. And I guess uh, what I'm wondering is, do you guys see that as like, a product of the music that you were making is that was that all inevitable for you anyways and uh where do you foresee your dream setup for a home studio Mm. um i could say you know growing up in the in 
the band I was in in Texas and everything else, we were already recording our own stuff. Well, we weren't, but uh, the brother of one of the members. So I was always around recording that and seeing the whole process and going to studios and just like, you know, as 13 year old kid, when you first start doing that, it's just like, oh, this is how the stuff I love is being created. So like you just, you instantly gravitate towards it. And it's not that complicated. Once you understand what it's about, it's mastering the skill, just like with an instrument. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can play guitar, but can you do it well? Um, so, and it's just trial and error. That's all it is. And um, especially as we got older um, and, you know, you know, computers became more affordable, the uh, interfaces to do it, everything else. It's just like, that's what the whole bedroom producer thing came from. So if it hadn't got technology as advanced as it is, I mean, I don't think either one of us would be doing this, but it's just, it yeah. came out of the desire because one, I don't want to pay anybody. And two, I just want to hear my stuff. So coming right. from recording it on cassette to uh, recorder, to your phone, to your computer. I mean, we still, I still use all those avenues, whatever it takes to get the idea yeah. down. I have some device somewhere in, <laughs> within arm's right. reach. And we were just talking about that today, all the different ways we're doing it. But um, it was just that desire to, I just want to make something and I can do it on my own time and not have to pay or be stressed about being in the room with somebody else. And, right. and then just learn this process. And me and Matt have gone to a recording class together at one of our favorite places, Sweetwater um, before. And it's just, there's always something to learn and I'm always trying to try something new or use a new thing or new uh, doll or something. I mean, it's just, it, it'll never not be there for me. I'm always chasing something, not in a, not in a, like to, to do something more or better. Just like, Oh, there's something I'm always hungry for knowledge, I guess is the way to yeah, put right. it. I don't remember your second question, but let me have <laughs> answer <laughs> the first one. <laughs> for me, it, it was the same thing. Um, I remember growing up, um, we didn't have anyone that like was really like recording their own stuff. Yeah. And for us it's more of like, how do we be like them? Like yeah. these are our friends, they're recording and we, like Berea kids are really prideful people. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like all of us are like these huge, like dickheads who aren't willing to admit like when we're wrong or anything like that. Yeah, that and, sounds like, right. Yeah. And that's what puts us all together. <laughs> and like, so we weren't willing to go, Hey, how'd you guys do that? It sounded really good. Yeah. Instead we went like, that sounds fucking dumb. Hey, how yeah. you do <laughs> <laughs> we're just asking each other, like <laughs> how to do this shit. So I remember it was me and my buddy, Tommy, and I think Alex or someone or Ryan, or it doesn't matter. Um, we're at a garage sale. Like, walking home from school and they had a four track cassette yeah that's um, where it all starts yeah and like we got it for 10 bucks and we recorded like all of our garbage on it like just everything bad was recorded on that and then from there like it was just it was just tone chasing like yeah. and but the same way as like you know back then like youtube was still early and really all they had on there was like you know emo music videos and metal videos yeah. and shit like that so it wasn't like any good like way to like find out this information yeah it was just trial and error yeah. yeah yeah so like you know it was experimenting just falling down the rabbit hole and then like you know it, it clicked more so when i like met griffin like i'm like okay i'm like in the right area and then he kind of exposed me to like logic um yeah yeah because i had already been at that point recorded the first histories right album yeah and like you know i was still piecing stuff together having other people record it for me yeah. and like at that point you're like hey like logic's fucking like tight yeah you know, I bought a MacBook, I got Logic, you know, I got a bunch of different, like, interfaces, trial and error. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's at the point now where, like, I have a 20-track analog mixer in my yeah. fucking basement. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, I've got a snake running around the whole basement to, like, different spots and yeah. stuff. And, like, it's 
it's really cool to see that evolution because I still have the four track. It doesn't work anymore, but I yeah. actually put it on top of my mixer. I've got the spot. And yeah. I just said there's like a, a cool talking. Yes. Yeah. So go through your main setup then right now that you're using. You have to go through like every mic or anything, which is like what's your, your go to things? With, you Ooh, know? My go to things. So you have a MacBook, you use Logic Pro X yeah. uh, or 10, whatever you want to call it. Um, interface is just just that you're not using anything else uh so that's that's my analog and then everything goes out and then into i'm still using the Tascam 1800 just yeah. because i've been meaning to upgrade it um to get better preamps but yeah. like since i'm running it through this i have a, a ramza wrt 820 uh 20 track analog the preamps on it are fantastic i think it's what nirvana recorded their first album on oh really okay um, that was a story I was told when I, I yeah. traded for this. Uh, you were so swindled. Might not be facts. <laughs> yeah. I was probably swindled. Oh, yeah, Nirvana yeah. used it. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know I hate yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't the selling point. Yeah, I'll take back my guitar, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so everything goes through that, through uh, the Taz cam, and then into the MacBook from there. Okay. Um, and for the most part, I don't touch a lot, like, Plugin wise and logic, yeah. um, I do for like vocals or like if I'm MIDI doing anything yeah. MIDI, it's that's all just straight logic, like straight yeah. in. Um, but I still run my vocals through. I have a little two track Focusrite, um, Scarlet. Oh, it's got yeah, it's great preamps in it. Yeah, it's got amazing preamps. Like I rather run my vocals through that than through the analog mixer. I don't yeah. know why, but then I um I send everything back out and I mix through the Ramsey mixer. Oh, and, okay, and bounce it back in. But, okay. Uh, the preamps and the EQ on that mixer are just fantastic. Like, yeah, no, they, that's what the if you listen to Bike Cruise. That's what it's done on here. Yeah. yeah, so we we did our last album on that, and I don't think we touched the drums other than the snare. That's the only thing we touched. Yeah, everything else is just the raw EQ from that mixer and the mix from there. Yeah, just in there. That we I, I didn't touch the kick drum. We didn't touch the yeah. toms. We didn't do anything. Like it was just all raw tracks. Yeah, and it was the first time I've ever recorded drums where I was like, oh fuck, like. Yeah. That was solid. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, cause you know, you normally you record drums, you record it through like, you know, your, your cheap shitty interface with whatever pack yeah. of mics you have and you go, all right, let's EQ the fuck out of them. Yeah. So that was really satisfying. And Rigo, um, is a drummer and like, he thinks like a drummer. He looks up tutorials on drums, how to record them, new techniques. Yeah. So a lot of it, like, isn't just the mixer, but just the fact that he's like, Hey, let's, let's point the mic this way. Let's put the mic here. Let's try this mic. And like experimenting with that, so I think between you and Rigo, I've kind of rounded out where I am. Yeah, now. yeah. and it's continue learning. Uh, my current setup, I'll just do quickly. Um, since I've migrated over to Windows from Mac, uh, so I had a gaming machine, and I had the I use Logic just like you do. I still love Logic, but it was at the point where I had to buy a new Mac, and I have a you know thousand or two thousand dollar gaming machine sitting next to me or buy another three thousand dollar mac it's like well <laughs> i've already got the, i've already got the hardware let me switch over so i use logic for years and i recently this year moved to cubase and really enjoy it but i still have all my knowledge in logic but anyway um so i'm using that still a focus right 18 i 20 um interface and tons of plugins and everything i mean i just i like to i love plugins i love vsts i just like experimenting with stuff so um, it changes every time I record something, but I mean that's the basic of my setup is just Cubase and that Focusrite interface, and, and that's where I feel like I'm always enlightened when I work yeah. with you. Is like for whatever reason I'm like plugins are fucking dumb. I, I don't actually think that. Yeah. But like you would think that's what I think. <laughs> I mean everything we've ever recorded, there's plug. I mean I don't from the first histories one that's over. 
produced, but you know, as stuff has gone on, I mean, the last year applicant stuff, I mean, it's just, um, less is more obviously. Right. Yeah. But this time around, so the big change I've done recording this time and you finally talked me into it, um, mainly because you bought your your current head and came with the software. Oh yeah. Is um all the guitars on the new album are digital through Bias Amp. Yeah, Positive mm-hmm. Grid makes a product called Bias and I use that hardware, software, everything. everything pedals. Yeah. yeah every, everything I, do, yeah. I, I don't use the pedals. Yeah. I still run my pedals through um but everything on the album is digital yeah. through the inter- straight to the interface. Yeah. Pedals straight to the interface. So that was new to me. Normally yeah. I take time and mic like all ten of my amps yeah. to figure out what I like. This is the first time where like I just, I plugged it in. And I'm like, fuck it, let's see what I could do. I tell yeah. match to your amp, then yeah. my amp, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking it. Yeah, it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so easy to record stuff now. I think that's the still the best part about it is it just takes less time to get your idea down to make something solid. So like that's the best part about if you've ever thought about doing home recording is just just try it. I mean, once you start hearing your ideas and whatever infancy they're in, it's like, that's enough to get you motivated to be like, Oh shit. Okay. Now I can do this and that. Right. So it doesn't have to sound perfect. Just get your stuff down and then you learn how to make it sound yeah. better. But yeah, sort of try. It's sort play of trial better. by play fire. well. Fire. Yeah. You, you need right. to be playing well. You never, you're not going to make yourself sound better through better technology, better technology or hardware, but right. obviously, and you know, that's not like a good point is like, that's how you can keep up. Like in this day and age in the music scene, not that I'm even trying to do that anymore, but like, it's all about quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. you know, everyone wants their, like their EP out yesterday. Yeah. They want to be on the next big show tomorrow. Like, so to be able to go in and just plug straight into the computer, program the drums, you have an EP out in the infancy of a band where years ago, like you're practicing for a whole year to prep. Cause you're about to spend a thousand dollars to record four songs. Sometimes that's better. <laughs> well, <laughs> I totally agree with yeah. that, but like to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's what I think a lot of stuff is missing just cause it's so easy to put out music and that's why it's just flooded with, not fully fleshed out things. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's that, that be a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah we can. We don't need to get into that. Old anyway. man yells at the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah old man yells at the clouds. <laughs> we enjoy recording. <laughs> what was your? Uh, if we can answer quickly, what well, was your last question? I, and I guess maybe maybe I'll pivot it now, having sort of heard that. Um, do you okay. do you guys think that? And I guess I've always wondered this with you, Griffin, and I'm curious with you, Matt, as well. I mean, do you guys see yourself at any point in you know? years from now or whatever that you would ever record other people like through the setups that you have i mean not that you want to start a whole recording studio but i mean say that a band comes through and is like hey can you produce this for us is that do you guys have any interest in that or is it solely like you know you want to do your own stuff that was always my dream was like oh i'm gonna like do that but as i've learned making your hobby your uh you know your income i would hate it um, so that's why, that's why I don't do it. I need it to, I need it to be something I still enjoy because, you know, you know, I work in the tech industry because I like tech, but you know, I, I need something outside of that to, you know, keep me happy. Right. So that's why this is my hobby. And I have no problem recording other bands, but I don't want to advertise it as like that. I'm recording other bands because I do like producing. It's one of my favorite things about recording is helping people's ideas and shape them not to make it sound like how I want it, but just to help them shape it. That's one of the funnest things about working with Matt too, is we kind of do that with each other. But, um, I would record another band, but I'd have to know them. It'd be personal. It'd be something I want to do. It wouldn't be for the profit. It would be because I want to, I want to record this yeah. music. It'd have to be one of those things because that would be really fun. But I just like, I don't want to record stuff. Yeah, I don't like, that's, you know, it's I like, understand it's, that. It, then it would just become a job. You know, I just, I don't, I don't want that. So I've never really offered it. I've, people have asked and I've never, I've just been, eh, you know, and just avoided it. But, um, I could do it, but there's a lot of pressure on that too, to, you know, now it's not yours. Now you got to make it right. sound a certain way. So I'm open to it, but it's not really something I, th- I seek yeah. out. 
I think at a certain point I'd I'd shift to that. I think yeah. I like because I I don't dislike my job. I um, but you know I never dreamed of being Mister Boxman. And <laughs> <laughs> I never woke up and like you know what I really want to deliver uh, packages to people. Um, so I think for me like and that's probably different just in our just our different careers. I mean, but right, yeah. yeah. So for me, like you know, honestly, like once my kids start school and stuff, like that might be something I actually pursue a little bit more. I mean. It's definitely something anybody can do. I mean, bands need it. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not too far off with where I'd want to be with my setup. I want to upgrade my um, analog to digital converter. Yeah. And um, I wanted to get one more vocal mic. I've been high enough a ribbon. Um, yeah. But like, honestly, like 10 years out, like I, I would foresee myself like making a shift to try to do that as a full-time thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something, if you've got the desire to do it, I mean, bands need it. I mean, that's what it's, it's there. Yeah, for. Right. Well, it, yeah, right. I, I think I, I wish there was more. Of that I, I agree. That's what I was going to say is that I think that, um, you know, there's probably to, to be fair, there's probably a, a hole in the market in terms of, um, a lot of people that have not only been in a lot of bands and a lot of these projects, but also have been learning, um, this whole time about producing yeah. their own music. So I think that, yeah, there's, there's certainly a need for that perspective for any young band or, I mean, any, any band at any stage really. But, um, yeah, I, w- I was always curious about that and that's, uh, that's good to know. Um, so now you guys can both produce all the music that I make when I'm 50 years old and decide I want to learn how to play another yeah. instrument besides drums. Well, I think the thing that me and Matt have tried to do or getting towards is, um, you know, as, as nice as it is to be able to take all of our projects from start to finish, like, you know, you start to you start to hear colors when you do your own yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's we've done it before in the past, but you know, it's something that we are able both have the t- technology and the skill to do is to trade our stuff back and forth and say, all right, you you do a pass at this, mix it or master it, just so right. you know there's another set of ears on it because you know ear fatigue and hearing colors is a, is a real thing. Um, so having more people out that out there that are not doing that and you, you can do it with your friends and, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a trade now. So, um, there's so many people that can do it, um, that it's not like, Oh, I got to pay, you know, 400 bucks to get my stuff done, which is not a steep price, but it's like, it's a lot when you're starting out. Yeah. Yeah, If you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Um, well, I mean, that's cool. That's, that's actually like, this is. This has been fascinating for me to sort of hear you guys talk about all this because uh, <laughs> this is all we do when we're you, we don't yeah. need mics for this. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's all. Seriously, the this mic goes off. We're gonna still talk about gear when this goes off. Yeah, so. we're still gonna be talking about that and like wings. Yeah, like that hey, is, yeah, uh, we you know re- sitting nobody re- is <laughs> mad at you for that. Uh, but it is interesting for me because um, I mean, for for anyone, the the limited amount of experience that I have in this field. I mean, I I literally barely know how to play the drums uh but i can play the drums oh <laughs> and tearing it up on me and quinn were in a band called dear applicant and we have an album out uh before he moved we we're in that band and he plays on that and he does a damn good job so please go listen to that album on spotify well don't listen to griffin lie trying uh, to say he can't play drums <laughs> but no i mean it's, it's interesting for me because um you know that's the only experience that album in particular is the only time that i've ever really had any sort of real hands-on uh, experience with like the recording process and and especially with actually miking drums and and playing drums to be recorded was also fascinating for me and then that a lot sure. of that was sort of the 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 impetus to start this podcast is that even though editing a podcast is nowhere near editing uh like an album or a song even but it it, it gave me an excuse to say okay like I'm going to download a DAW and I'm going to get a microphone and I'm going to learn a little bit about audio editing and Clearly, I'm still, you know, I, there's an infinite amount to learn, but it's interesting to hear both of you talk about it because you are two of the people that I have the closest interaction with to that. So 
Uh, that's that's all really. I asked it like it was for the audience, but it was really just for me. Um, <laughs> uh, We're happy to answer any question. But oh, so I want to wrap up uh, with two things, sure. uh, two questions for you, Matt. And uh, okay. the first question is going to be, who is your favorite? Well, let me rephrase. What's your, what is your guilty pleasure album or or band in general Ooh. that you know Ooh. you shouldn't like or that you know or maybe you don't even want to tell anyone you like, but you know it's there. Like when you go to sleep at night, you're like, holy shit, that Hanson album slaps. So I, mean, does, it does. I mean, I, I, that's actually a bad example because we all like Hanson. <laughs> so I know the answer to this. Oh, I'm about to oh boy. Um, because you guys just talked about it. Um. So neighborhoods by Blink One Eight Two—it secretly slaps. So here's the thing: is um once you get past Tom's voice on it, and you don't listen to Mark's songs, you put a lot of you put a lot of caveats. <laughs> just, just once yeah. you don't listen so you to it, just, it you sounds just, you good. You just told me to go listen to Travis Barker's YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. Once no. you once you don't listen, don't listen. You'll listen. <laughs> um, but no, like so. I know you guys talked about it and you brought it up um, on one of the previous podcasts yeah. um, about Tom DeLonge's documentary. Great and documentary. It, it's a, it's an amazing documentary. Yeah. And it, I went back, I was in Angels and Airwaves. Mm-hmm. Both did, yeah. Same thing that you said earlier. He stuff tricked tight. me. He tricked me for a minute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but So I went back and listened to Neighborhoods, though. Um, lyrically, Tom does an amazing job on it. So take, I can see that. Take off your pants and jacket. Um I don't want to. Not not great. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like Mark's songs on it because I feel like he matured a little bit and then Tom just stayed on Enema. Yeah. Self-titled, they both came together. Yeah. And then Neighborhoods, I feel like, is when you saw Tom like, kind of evolve into who he is now. Like, he's maturing. He's not really talking about girls as much. Yeah. Like, different things. Like, Ghost on the Dance Floor is about someone dying. Um, there, there are moments on there. I'm not going to say it's the yeah. worst thing. It's just... It's definitely my guilty pleasure. Sure. I, I listen, I'm like, man, like, secretly, this kind of slaps. But then, like, in the same album, though, you hear Mark reverting then. You hear yeah. him, like, falling on, like, cheap, like, vocal melodies and going towards where, like... You know, yeah, Heart's All Gone is. is a good song, but it's it's it was easy. He comes with that, like, I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling. And yeah. now that's his staple. Because yeah. every one of the new Blink-22 songs, like, he comes in hot with, like, this back-to-back, like line yeah. and i'm like dude that's cheap just write another line uh, whatever they just released bro this it is week. so bad hot trash oh, oh my goodness hot trash. Uh, actually it's, it's funny that you say that because uh my my girlfriend was um like listening to just spotify stuff the other day and it came up that blink had like released that whatever it was and uh she was like oh blink 182 has new music and i was like just save save yourself some time. Don't listen to it. She goes, well, I got to know. And she yeah. turned it on and I was in the, the kitchen and she was in the other room. And then all of a sudden I just hear the music stop and she just goes, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's so just it's so cookie bad. cutter copy paste like they're not it's doing that right. mean and they call the album nine i mean like they didn't even try it it's like yeah, this, no, they this gave is the ninth up. one they gave <laughs> up. And, like, and like the big difference between matt and tom is like tom's a really good guitarist like he writes yeah he's not bad he writes a very different style for pop punk like yeah. he does like he's usually writing riffs and in the documentary they talk about it like uh travis was like frustrated and he's like well what if i do this kind of Phil and Tom's like, I don't know, I'll play something different then. And like, so if you listen to like Enema and just everything on, like, you know, he's got palm moving parts, but like in the verses, like he's usually doing like, if it was clean, it'd probably sound like a very fast Empire Empire. It's all these like little quick. Yeah, he's got, he's got Mm -hmm. good riffs. Yeah, like, and, but they're like, they're tucked in there. Like, you don't even notice them. 
he was at some he can't do it live sometimes. Oh God, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll accept that's, neighborhoods that's... As, a, as a guilty pleasure. That that could have that could have gone a lot more south for you. So you avoided heavy yeah. roasting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then I started off saying I was listening to T. Uh, that's true. So. You, uh, well, yeah, you really, yeah, yeah, you set the bar at a certain level. Um, <laughs> so then now I have to end then on the other side of that spectrum. What is your all time favorite album? Ooh, man. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say California. No, um... oh, please. If you, I was going <laughs> to cut it, yeah. end it. We're done. Cancel. <laughs> Delete this one. We're going to do another one. Yeah. That's. That's a really tough one to answer. Um, I w- What's your Desert Island? Desert Island album. Hmm. I know it's hard to answer because we all have multiple ones. But right. Like, I okay. know. That's that's a tough thing. So I would say, whew, I got to think now. I'd be two. Um, same band, self-titled. I remember. Sure. Th- so when Blink-22 that, self-titled? Yeah, when the, or untitled, I should say. When yeah, that came out. Yeah. Very impressionable. 11, oh, yeah. 12, 13 years old. I was a huge pivotal shift Sophomore, in the yeah. band so, yeah. like sound like that did a lot to me musically i'm like wait you can go from just playing chords to like this weirder shit like oh yeah you get fucking uh i loved feeling this i still yeah. love that song oh it's that so cowbell in that song that's that's, that's a yeah. oh boy that's a good one <laughs> and they and they play in like drop c on a few of them like oblivious yeah. is in like yeah. this fucking low tune like that like blew my mind yeah. like as an early guitarist but i would say is there a non-blink 22 album non-blink 22 Ooh, Empire, Empire. I have new, which one, though? First one, baby. What's the first full length? Yeah, first full what length. What it takes to move forward? Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember... Yeah. Pink cover? Yeah, pink cover. I yeah. remember uh, How to Make Love Stay. Awesome album. For an emo band, awesome album opener. You know? Yeah. Just very, like, melodic, set, like, that... Like I said earlier, like, that was it for me. Like, that was what finished off my guitar tone for me. Yeah. And, like, was that album... And that's when they were touring and like, yeah, like that shaped everything, how I did my vocals, how I wrote two guitar parts together. Like yeah. before I was like, you have to have your rhythm part and then your lead. And then I, it was eventually just like, you just twinkle on both sides. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just twinkle on both sides. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah. you, just, you just write riffs on both sides. And yeah. like, that blew my mind. Done. And, and like, you know, approaching it with like the whisper singing and then getting very abrasive with like almost a shout, but yeah. not a full shout. Like that just... That changed everything for me. I still like when I'm trying to find inspiration. I still go back. I listen to uh, to that one. Like that's oh. the first thing I put on if I'm like, man, I really want to write again. And like I go back and I usually start with uh, "Rally the Troops." That's one of my favorite ones off yeah. the album, um, or the one with uh, the Look Mexico guy, or is it is it Look Mexico or um, is it on Bay? It's gotta be Look Mexico. It's not. Yeah, it's Look Mexico. Yeah. He he does the last track on the album, yeah. not the deluxe version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like that was it. Like that was the first band where I really heard where it was like, you don't need to sing for three minutes. This song yeah. could be seven minutes long. You no, don't that, need to sing for three. I always love. I so I've listened their first EP, the white one. I can never remember the title of it. Uh, oh, is wow. it four songs? They're all really long song titles, whatever it is. But I remember sitting in. Uh, I think you're in the car, Quinn. Whatever it was, we we're driving somewhere in Texas. Uh, me, my wife, Quinn, the whole family. Uh, I remember listening to that in headphones for the first time. I must have been like seventeen or something, eighteen, whatever time it was. Um, and just that blowing me away then. Yeah. And just, and so as, so, so I've never been a huge Empire fan. And before we, I know we need to wrap up, but this, the story of when we actually played with them in Dog Breeds, um, oh, we opened God. for them and the analogy that happened, cause it was so bad. Um, and I've played with them twice now, uh, in different bands. But I, I think I've seen them like six times now. Yeah. You've probably seen them more than I've played with them at this point, but 
that show was so disappointing and kind of ruined him for me just because they, <laughs> I can't remember you said it or Frank Kevin said it. It was me. It was you, but he said it. <laughs> said it's like uh, watching your dad get out of the shower. <laughs> Is what, uh, yep, is what it was like because they they just he wasn't singing well. The band was awful. It was like the first show of that second or third show of that tour, whatever it was, and it just it was it ruined it for me. Like and like so for us, like we had like begged to get on the show. I've seen I've seen them so many times before that this is the first time I played with them. I'm like, dude, we gotta be like on our A game. Like I really want to impress them. Like this this was like my dream. Like and I remember like yeah. I think it was around the time they played Rally the Troops. Yeah. They didn't do so hot on it. And like I said, that was like my go-to. Yeah. I remember walking up to Griffin and Kevin be like, it's like when you see your dad get out of the shower. And like, <laughs> we I, lost it. I couldn't even finish the joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was it, man. That was, it was bad. And this, uh, to me, that's that's a studio band. That's yeah. not a live band. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I at least it didn't project. ruin the album entirely for you. Yeah, it's... Ugh. <laughs> well then that's uh that that sense of hate is a good place to to wrap us up uh it always is well uh matt thank you so much for coming here and doing this with us uh we really appreciate that oh, thank you so much for having thank me. you yeah, thank you for having me i love i love the podcast i'm not trying to boost your guys ego um <laughs> Why are you not it. promoting it yeah. more? Shit. I'm the, I, I, I was say, I think, story, I think yeah. matt actually is <laughs> I yeah, think he's our street it. team yeah, yeah. Yeah, God he's right. he, he's captain yeah. of the street team. I I picked that up from uh, Leftover Crack. You yeah, know? you did. Yeah, your Cleveland street team. Yeah, we need to get them stickers out there yeah. on the stop signs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> so and, anyway, yes, thank you for being on. We hope to have more guests in the future. Um, I don't know if we'll ever have as, uh, another guest that we're quite as uh, close to as we are with Matt. But regardless, this has been really, really fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think everyone will find that this has been a nice little change of pace for us. We've sort of gotten the chance to, to detour into some different genres and some different topics than we normally would have so um again as i said at the top of the show if you guys have things that you want to send to us um please send them our way we're going to talk about them on the actual episode so feel free to dm us on instagram with those you can also just tag us and post whatever you want to do whatever's most convenient we will see those and we will talk about them on here we can't promise that we will love them but we can promise that they will be discussed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i like that uh, that was good <laughs> but yes wow. and so with that being said follow us on that instagram account it is at audiophiles pod all one word all lowercase we are also that same name on uh on twitter uh we're still working on getting the facebook set up but to be honest it doesn't really matter i'm it doesn't sorry matter as much because <laughs> i'll get i'll get yeah, it working and we're someday. mainly all about the sure. instagram it's there you can you can you can go like it it's just there's nothing on it yeah but, and and yeah. you know we're, we're much more active on instagram anyways um yeah. you can find me on my personal account at quinn kh griffin your personal account at at Griffin Holt. And uh, yeah, and Matt also, what's your personal account? Or if you don't want to give that, you can also just give your band accounts. So my band account is by Cruise Band, uh, personal account, Doom Metal Dad. And God, that's the best name. <laughs> the, the, the one and only. Yeah, the one and only. Uh, so yeah, go follow Matt. Go give some love to all of the projects that he does. Um, that new Bike Cruise album, as we said, is really, really, really good. I've always been a big fan of Sleep Soundtrack as well. And you can even go listen to Videl to give Griffin some love. Thanks, Dan. Um, skip over <sighs> Thank you. the music that I've recorded. Just listen to theirs. Check out Dear, check out Dear Applicant. <laughs> Dear Applicant. All righty, guys. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, we will see you all the same time next week. And thanks for listening. <laughs>